0: Samuel chapter 2 tonight. 1 Samuel chapter 2. I'm thankful for God's word. We get into it a little bit tonight. 1 Samuel chapter 2. We're going to start in verse 12. So 1 Samuel 2:12 says this: now the sons of Eli were sons of Belial. They knew not the Lord, and the priest's custom with the people was that when any man offered sacrifice, the priest's servants came, while the flesh was in seething with a flesh hook of three teeth in its head, and he stuck it into the pan or kettle or cauldron or pot. All that the flesh hook brought up, the priest took for himself. So they did in Shiloh unto all the Israelites that came thither. at Also, before they burnt the fat, the priest's servants came and said unto the man that sacrificed, Give flesh to roast for the priest, for he will not have sodden flesh. Of thee, but raw. If any man said unto him, Let them not fail to burn the fat presently, and then take as much as thy soul desired, then he would answer him, Nay, but thou shalt give it to me now, and if not, I will take it by force. Wherefore the sin of the young men was very great before the Lord, for men abhorred the offering of the Lord. But Samuel ministered before the Lord, being a child girdled with a linen ephod. Lord, we thank you for your word tonight. Lord, we thank you for its truth. And Lord, I pray that in this last part of the service, Lord, we can dig into your word. Lord, we can learn of you, draw closer to you, be encouraged. And Lord, we're so thankful that your your word is still alive today. Lord, help me to preach. And Lord, help us to listen. In Jesus' name, and Amen. amen. So, if we, uh, this is the chapter right before the more common chapter. Chapter three is where Samuel, uh, you know, is asleep and uh, he's awoken by the voice and finds out it's the Lord. That's the more common story. This is before that, kind of telling you what it was like in that time before Samuel was called by the Lord. So, Eli uh, is the high priest, but he's also a judge. He was also, this is kind of the end of the period of judges, and he's also the grandson of Aaron, so uh, the first high priest uh, so Eli has uh, he he ends up being the high priest for forty years. Uh, But what I want to look at tonight are his two sons. In verse 12 it says, Now the sons of Eli were sons of Belial. They knew not the Lord. And that description we see in the Old Testament a handful of times that uh, it'll say either the sons of Belial or men of Belial or children of Belial. And it's used over and over again. What it means is unprofitable or wicked or something like that. uh, Or really kind of the phrase is almost sons of the devil. I mean, you can could say any of those things and it showed you what they were that's this is what their actions were their names are Hophni and Phinehas And you think about how they grew up. They had a godly father. Their their father uh, loved the Lord. He was a good man. He was a high priest. Uh, uh, They were raised in a godly home. And they even served in the tabernacle. But the Bible makes it clear they were wicked. They were wicked men. Wicked young men. Uh, But we see the heart of the problem there at the end of verse 12. They knew not the Lord. That's the problem. Now they were exposed to the Lord, right? They were close to people. They were around people. That had a relationship with the Lord. Their dad knew the Lord. Uh, uh, but here's the problem they didn't have their own relationship with the Lord. Uh, and, and here, here's, herein lies the problem that we see over and over again. You can get really close to God, but you've got to have a relationship with Jesus Christ. That's right. Many people read about like and think about uh, stories or situations like Hophni and Phinehas and they think, man, I wish they would have acted better. Man, I wish they wouldn't have done all this sinful behavior. But here's the thing. They're still lost right lost people will act like lost, lost people yeah. that's what happens and and here's the thing I, I've seen people think well wouldn't it be better if they just acted better and dressed the right way and talk the right way and everything else but if they do all of that and still don't have a relationship with the Lord there's still a problem there yeah. in fact it could be worse because they can uh, be almost accepted like they're a Christian and and not realize that they're uh, that they're still far from the Lord this is what drives me Crazy. I I tell you what I don't like is have you ever heard churched and unchurched? I don't like that because you can be churched and not have a relationship with Jesus Christ, and that doesn't help you. You gotta be saved. I believe there's gonna be churched people, people that know how to act and were members and everything else in church that are gonna go into hell. Not because of the they didn't go through classes and everything else, they just didn't have a relationship, a personal one with Jesus Christ. We need people to serve the Lord and we want people in our churches. But I'll tell you what, our churches have to be filled with saved people, right? Too many people are, too many churches are filling their seats and really filling their leadership with the same thing. With sons of Belial, just like this, right? They were serving in the temple and the tabernacle and the Lord saw it. And then it gives you an example of what was going on in 13, 14, and 15 in these verses. And it says uh, uh, the priest's custom When now remember this is the Old Testament, people are bringing sacrifices, animals, uh, uh, for different reasons, uh, for sin offering and peace offerings and wave offerings and different things like that. And it gives a couple descriptions here. It says one of the problems is uh, when the priest's servant came, while the flesh was seething, they had this flesh hook of three teeth. Well, the problem is in the book of Leviticus in chapter seven, it said that the uh, two parts of the meat, the shoulder and the breast were to go to the priest. Everything else didn't belong to the priest, and do you see what they're doing instead of relying on what God said instead of going on the lord's instructions, they've got this three hook uh, uh type of thing that they would kind of hook down in, and they'd randomly get what they would get and that again that's uh and, and I think what they were getting is more than they would have gotten before. So instead of trusting the Lord to live off what the Lord said the priest should live off of, what was designated for them, they're trusting in chance, right? And they're gathering more for themselves so we can see what's going on. But then also, look at verse 15. Also before they burnt the fat, the priest's servant came and said to the man that sacrificed, Give me flesh to roast for the priest, for he will not have sodden flesh of thee, but raw. And so they're saying before and, and the Lord's portion would have been the fat and that part of it, the best part, you know, that that would have been burned and that would have been offered to the Lord. And they're saying, hey, before you do that, uh, we want that part. Right. And, and they're saying we want it raw uh, before it's burned, before the Lord gets his portion. And I think the key is right here. Not only are they disobeying what the Lord says, but they're also stealing from the Lord. That's his portion. That's what belongs to the Lord. And then so it says in verse 14, So they did in Shiloh unto all the Israelites that came thither. So and they wanted all that raw meat instead of it being cooked. And then you take a step back and you think about it. Now, wait a second. If they're taking more with the three flesh hook thing, and they're taking more before it's burned, they're going to have more meat than they could ever eat. Yeah. Why, why are they doing this? Well, I think when it says they wanted it raw, I think that shines a little light onto what they were doing. Now, the Bible doesn't tell us, but I think they were selling it, right? You can sell raw meat uh, to somebody else and they'll buy it and cook it and do what they will with it. So if they're stealing from the Lord and then selling it for a profit, my goodness, this is... Sin upon sin, you know, they're supposed to be uh, leading a worship. They're supposed to be helping in the sacrifice and doing these things. But instead, they're stealing from the Lord and making a profit off of all of it. And it's sad what was going on. Then you go on in verse 16. And if any man said unto him, let him not fail to burn the fat presently. And then take as much as thy soul desired. He would then answer him, Nay, but thou shalt give it to me now. And if not, I will take it by force. So what that's saying right there, so imagine their, their plan is to take from the Lord's part. Now imagine if someone protests and says, no, uh, we're going to give the Lord's part first. Then you can steal from, because here's the thing. The Lord would get the first part. The priest would get his part. And then the person that brought it would get the rest. So what these people are saying is, we know you're trying to steal from the Lord. Don't steal from the Lord. At least steal from my portion, right? And look what they're saying. If you don't give it to me, we're taking it. They're threatening, right? They'll take it by force. You know the devil loves to do this. He loves to intimidate, doesn't he? He loves to uh, fear and everything else and violence. Why? He doesn't want us to follow the Lord. He doesn't want us to trust the Lord. He doesn't want us to worship the Lord or serve the Lord. Anything, walk by faith. and, And sometimes he will use violence and persecution and everything else. But that's what they're doing right there. They're even offering their part. But they said, no, we want the Lord's part to steal. It's sad what was going on. And it's summed up pretty much in 17. Wherefore, the sin of the young man was very great before the Lord. For men abhorred the offering of the Lord. So this, they're, they're rebelling against the Lord's command of the sacrifices, their greed, their violence, their intimidating. And it says the Israelites began to abhor, that means or hate. They hated even bringing sacrifices to the tabernacle. And, and it makes sense, doesn't it? Because you stop and think about that, imagine you are one bringing your sacrifice to the Lord. You're doing. Your, you've got uh, the right animal. You've got one that's blameless, that's perfect, uh, the the right kind. Everything that the Lord said. You're bringing that, maybe for a sin sacrifice or something. You're bringing it, uh, doing what the Lord's commanded you to do. And you know the moment you get there, you're going to run into these ungodly, stealing from the Lord. They're not even going to follow what the Lord wanted. Now let me ask you this. If you're trusting by faith to offer this animal by following the Lord, and then you know there's a corrupt uh, priest or someone helping the priest, is that even going to work? Is the Lord even going to accept that offering? They hated it. They started to hate doing what the Lord said. And it's just awful. It shows you how low that it went. But you know what? I believe part of this verse is also a good sign, even though it's all a bad situation. I'm glad that actually the ending is what it says, for men abhorred or hated their offering to the Lord because the flip side would have been if they didn't care. Right? If they brought it and they didn't care how it was done, they didn't care if people were stealing, they didn't care uh, what Hophni and Phinehas were doing, uh, and here's the thing, uh, uh, they recognized the problem and they hated it, and that's a good thing. And I've said it before, if something happens to me and I go off on the deep end uh, uh, with all kinds of crazy doctrine and beliefs and everything else, I would hope that the leaders, the men of the church would come and talk to me and say, Mike, this is not right. And we get in the Bible. And if I still wouldn't uh, turn to the truth, I I pray you'd vote me out because that's what needs to happen. There shouldn't be an acceptance of this nonsense. And that's what was going on at this time. And the problem is their dad uh, I think I' preached this before, their dad didn't do it didn't do much about it. They didn't really listen to him. They didn't heed to him. But I was thinking about this whole situation. Woe unto the man of God that uses his position to make men hate to do what the Lord says, or hate to worship the Lord. Yeah And I know, listen, I, I've been a Christian for a long time, and I have heard stories of how people will talk about how they were hurt in church hurt by a pastor, hurt by a deacon, hurt by something, and I know that that happens, and and, and, and we know on one hand, that is not an excuse to not come to Jesus right. Christ. But I'll tell you, on the other hand, it sure makes it hard when you're witnessing, when they bring up a situation. And I'll tell you, the uh, one of the One of the times I was struggling with that witnessing to somebody and I'm glad the Lord gave me something. He said, just apologize to him. And I did. And I said, now after apologizing for what somebody did, because I realized that there has been men and women that probably had to apologize for things I did. You know, and then, not only that, I can then turn it to Jesus Christ, and I'll say, let me tell you someone who will never let you down. Let me tell you someone who will never have to apologize to you, or anything else. That's Jesus Christ. Men will let you down. You get closer to me, you'll realize my faults, and I get closer to you, I'll see your faults, but I'll tell you what, I'm glad that we're saved, and I'm glad that we're seeing growth. I'm glad uh, that, you know, some of the things we used to stumble with, we're not stumbling as much with anymore. that, that, That blesses because that shows me that the Lord is working inside of our hearts and our lives, and that's the thing. Woe unto them that do that! So you think about and all this sin and then in verse 22 mentions the perversion that they were doing I'm not going to read it but you can it's just a sad time in all of Israel it was a sad time for worship a sad time uh, uh, for the leadership of God's uh, tabernacle but aren't you glad in all of this mess verse 18 begins with but Samuel aren't you glad for the buts that are in the Bible that change it but Noah remember found grace in the eyes of the Lord over and over again we see this and I'm thankful for it because just when it seems like all hope is gone, Eli's getting older, he's going to pass on and the sons would take over and there would be absolutely no uh, righteous leadership after that. But aren't you glad even though they were rebelling and constantly wicked, God had a faithful servant. You realize he always has faithful servants even when uh, a lot of these churches have gone off the deep end with everything uh, and accepting sin and and, and saying everybody saved and, and not even getting salvation correctly. Aren't you glad that God still has churches that will preach the truth? I'm glad for that. Uh, so even though, and, and imagine Samuel, he's a young, uh, they think he's a young child. He could have been anywhere like eight, nine, 10, even a, a, a preteen or something like that. Uh, and these Hophni and Phineas were older. They would have been, you know, probably in their twenties uh, during this. Thing. So you think about the peer pressure That Samuel would have been under, but he didn't give in to that right? He served the Lord, and that's a blessing. That amazes me, but then I look around, and I see our church, and I see young children starting to serve the Lord, and it blesses my heart. Now, they're not in a Hophni and Phineas situation, praise God. They're in a situation where they can follow godly men and women and do the things that they're called to do, but I'm glad even in this wicked world, he can preserve a Samuel, right? I'm glad there's a but Samuel, and, and that's what's going on. Uh in the time. And here's the thing. If you go to chapter 3, verse 1, this is the more common story. Look at the first verse. And the child Samuel ministered unto the Lord before Eli. Listen to this. And the word of the Lord was precious in those days. There was no open vision. When it says the word was precious, that's not thinking precious like valuable. It means scarce is what it was talking about. The word of the Lord was scarce in those days. And I I was thinking today, we don't have a shortage of Bibles. You can buy them online. You can get them anywhere. You can pull them up on your phone. We've got access to Bibles all over the place. But I think we've got a shortage of people knowing what the Bible actually says. Yeah, we sure do. Reminds me of Amos. Amos eight eleven 11 says this, Behold, the days come, saith the Lord God, that I will send a famine in the land, not a famine of bread, nor a thirst for water, but of hearing the words word. of the Lord. Word. Then it says next, And they shall wander from sea to sea, and from north even to the east. They shall run to and fro to seek the word of the Lord, and shall not find it. Yeah. Isn't that sad? <laughs> I'll tell you one thing. I don't think when he's talking about Amos' day, I think there will still be places with the word church on the door. And they'll still be running to and fro. Yeah, I was listening to a Bible teacher the other day. and He was talking about how he uh, a lot of times would study and he would go to a, a Starbucks. Uh, and he said he he saw this worker a couple days and he started to uh, he, he witness to this worker. And he was actually pretty blunt about to this guy telling him, hey, this lifestyle you're living, it's going to kill you. And he, uh, so we talked to him for a little bit, and then he gave him the gospel tract, and and the guy, you know, went back to work, and and the Bible teacher, you know, left after a couple hours, and I guess that um, that man that he gave the tract to after his shift was over, he read it and started getting convicted between with the teacher said and what the track said the only problem is he wasn't sure how to get saved he knew he was lost he knew he was headed to hell but he wasn't quite sure how to get saved uh and he was telling the bible teacher later on when he ran into him a couple years later he said hey i went and i found a church down the road and i went in there and i found the pastor whatever you call him and he says hey i need to get saved i'm a sinner you know that pastor said i i don't know how to help you Right, they knew how to. They knew how to sign them up for classes, and they knew how to, uh, you know, take their ties and everything else. But they didn't know how to bring them to Jesus Christ. And then I thought of this verse and then I thought of a lot of what's going on today. Isn't that sad that a lot of people could go into these places and they can hear about Jesus, his name mentioned. But I'm telling you what, they won't do an altar call. They won't do anything like that. They won't really lead somebody to the Lord. They'll lead them to baptism to make a show of things. And I'll tell you what, if you're not saved before you're baptized, that baptism. Yeah, you just just be a wet sinner. It's sad what's going on, but aren't you glad in the midst of this? You know, that man went to a a couple places and they found someone who led him to the Lord, praise God. And he said when that Bible teacher saw him a couple years later, he looked totally different. He didn't even have to tell him that he got saved. He could see it, praise God. But there'll come a day when men and women will seek the truth about the real Jesus of the Bible. They'll go to different places and figure out there's a famine. And the word of the Lord, fortunately, is scarce today. But I'm telling you what, I'm glad it's not scarce in this church. I'm glad it's not scarce in our homes and in our hearts. We're getting into the word and we're learning and we're trusting the Lord and we're growing slowly, but we're growing and I'm thankful for that. But later on in chapter 2, Eli confronts his sons and he tells them everything that he's heard about what yes. they've done. Yes. Look at verse 25. If one man sin against another, the judge shall judge him. But if a man sin against God, who shall entreat for him? Notwithstanding, they hearkened not unto the voice of their father because the Lord would slay them. They knew they were sinning against the Lord. They couldn't claim ignorance. They knew what they were doing. They refused to listen to those people that said, hey, let the Lord have his part. They didn't want to hear that. They didn't want to listen to their father. They just wanted to rebel against the Lord for their own gain. And what happened to them? I think it's kind of the same thing that we were talking about Sunday school, right? Remember Proverbs 29, 1. He that being often reproved hardeneth his neck shall suddenly be destroyed and that without remedy. They continually refused to repent, and they were leading people astray. They refused to have a relationship with the Lord. Remember, that was verse 12. They knew not the Lord. That's the biggest problem right there. The Lord said he would destroy them, and he tells the Lord, told Eli that this would be the sign. They'd both die in the same day, and I think it's chapter 4. When you get there, they do. They die the same day. Remember, that's the story where they lose the Ark of the Covenant. Because Hophni and Phinehas, the Philistines are there. They don't want to lose the battle. Well, let's go grab the Ark of the Covenant. These same ones that were stealing from the Lord think they can go get the Ark of the Covenant and use it as a get-out-of-the-jail-free card. And they died and the Ark was taken. Right? That's, that's real judgment. But aren't you glad... You got Samuel, but Samuel ministered before the Amen. Lord, being a child girded with a linen ephod. Verse 26, and the child Samuel grew on and was in favor both with the Lord and also with Yeah, men. yeah. Samuel Amen. served the Lord before he was called by the Lord. You notice that? You know, I get a lot of people that mix that up. They say, you know what? I won't do anything until the Lord shows me exactly what He wants me to do. You know, I found it's the opposite. You serve the Lord where you're planted and then find out what the Lord wants you to do. Right? You grow spiritually. That's what He did. He was respected by the Lord and those around Him. But this is the end, like I said, of the period of the Judges. Eli would be the end of the Judges and then Samuel would be the start of the Prophets. So this is how we, we have this uh, switching from judges to prophets right here. And then here Samuel would lead, be the first one. And it started with that refusal of him. He wouldn't go along with Hophni and Phinehas, but he was going to obey the Lord. But you know what? I'll tell you what I'm glad of. Not glad that there's a whole bunch of sons of Belial running around, right? A whole bunch of religious people acting like they're but they're really wicked. I'm glad that there are Christians that are but Samuel, right? Amen. 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 I'm glad we've got some of us that are down here, right? Uh, But Jimmy, right? But Dad, but Preston, Mel, and others, Bob, myself. I'm glad we are standing strong for that because that's what this world needs. They need someone that's (laughs) different that they can see the Lord working through. Now again, there's going to be peer pressure, right? There's going to be struggles and different things the devil wants to lead us in different ways but I'm glad just like Samuel we can grow in the Lord day by day and have uh, see it's nice to have favor with men but I'd rather have favor with the Lord and Samuel ended up having both praise God you know why I think those Israelites, they got so mad at Hophni and Phineas that they see that young boy that's going to live differently, and they didn't care that he was young. They said, praise God, someone will follow what God Don't wants the them to do. Amen. 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 And that's what we need to be. Yes. We need to, yes. the key is to that we stay in the Bible. And I'll tell you what, if the Holy Spirit convicts you of something, you need to act on it that's and right. not grow hard-hearted. Because every time you make a miss an excuse, and every time you push away, it becomes easier and easier. I just want to be found doing the Lord's will. Amen. We're going to open up the altar tonight. If you need to pray about something, I'm.